Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Did you know that the Wax blockchain has more transactions than all other blockchains combined? So that is more than Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, and all the other ones put together. Wax, on a daily basis, outperforms all of them combined. Now, these statistics actually change day to day. However, in the show notes, I will actually leave you the numbers so that way you can click that link and just see what they're uh, up to uh, recently because, again, this changes. But generally speaking, anywhere between 50 and 60% of all blockchain transactions take place on WAX. So it is no surprise in a lot of these episodes, I say that there is so much I love about Wax. First of all, that is the blockchain that got me into the game as far as collecting NFTs and what have you. From there, I just branched off to everything. However, I've been spending a lot more time speaking about ETH and, of course, collecting various NFTs and researching projects on ETH. However, I'm going to dedicate this whole episode really to speaking about Wax. So I'm going to offer the pros and, of course, the cons of Wax, because with everything, there is good and there is bad. However, generally speaking, I would say this is a blockchain that I'm very uh, bullish about, I'm very favorable about, and I love collecting and using it and interacting with it. The number one pro is just the easy onboarding. And from day one, if you listen to the very first episode that I did of this podcast, I started speaking about Wax. I think the first two episodes, actually. And it is just very easy to come into the space. Just as it is to create an account on any website, you can just use your email address, your social media accounts, whatever it is, and set up a Wax wallet. That is the all-access wallet where everything starts with on the blockchain. And that is the free wallet that they have for you. And for that, you need no technical skills. You don't need to understand how blockchains work or anything. However, the one little caveat with this wallet is that this is a curated wallet, meaning that they have your uh, private keys that is secure on their side. So if you do want your fully full ownership of that, meaning that there is no customer service, no access other than what you have, just as with MetaMask or anything like that, you'd have to get an external wallet such as the Anchor Wallet. And with that, you'd set up with the private keys and all that. There's uh, definitely, I, I have both actually. I have the main all access wallet, which is the one that I usually use to transact. And I have anchor with my own private. So the all access ones you'll see, it has a name such as totqi.wham or anything usually ending in a dot wham, right? It's all of them that I've seen up to this point, actually. And then the ones that you have with your own private keys you use on anchor or wherever else, you can use a custom name as long as it's 12 letters. Both options are there, whether you're a beginner or you're an advanced person. So there is really a lot of room for either way. And just a low barrier for entry for people coming into it is just a great pro for this because you don't really need to be technical. So either way, whether you have the knowledge of private keys and storing your own information, having no customer service, or you have that option of someone who might forget their password and not fully understand the concept of security phrases and all that stuff, you have that curated wallet itself that you can just log into as if you're logging into your Google account or wherever else. So with that, there is so much room for error on the blockchain, not just forgetting your passwords or forgetting your phrases and all of that stuff, but also when you're uh, making these transactions, whether you're swapping it back and forth, you're, you're doing all sorts of different things, even creating 
trading, if you make an error, it's not like every single time on Ethereum, if you make an error or you transact incorrectly or whatever it is, you're going to be burning gas. You're going to be charged a bunch of times. With Wax, really, it is just very forgiving. You can make a mistake. Sure, if it's on the blockchain, it's going to stay there. However, it's not like you're losing an arm and a leg or losing the shirt off of your back because you made a mistake on Wax. So for beginners, it is just absolutely amazing. And even with me, till still this day, I still make a lot of mistakes on Wax, especially when I'm creating, whether it be a typo or I put in the wrong field or whatever it might be, and I have to create a new NFT or a new template or something like that. Yeah, that's not going to basically cost house money to do that. With that said, there is no gas on Wax. That is probably the biggest selling point. No gas, no transaction fees. And if you listen to yesterday's episode, I just briefly gave you a crash course as to why there is gas and how that actually works, the difference between the proof of stake and a proof of work blockchain. And again, this is way over my pay grade. If you listen to that episode, I just gave you a brief uh, crash course. And if you need to dive deep into blockchain technology and all that stuff, and you really want more information, there are plenty of podcasts, resources out there. You can just Google the difference between proof of work and proof of stake. So generally speaking, proof of stake is which what the Wax blockchain is much more efficient. It is extremely fast and it is very cheap. In essence, it is over 125,000 times more efficient than Ethereum as far as burning energy and such. Wax is actually a carbon neutral or carbon negative blockchain because they're doing all sorts of offset credits and sending NFTs on Wax is like sending emails or text messages. It does not take a lot of computing power or energy. With that said, so how is this whole thing run? The resources that are actually in WAX, you get that by staking, which basically means you tie up your tokens into the system. And there's three main resources as far as what you need to transact and do different things. And that is CPU, RAM, and net. This could sound sort of confusing, especially if you're someone who understands computers, what RAM and CPU and all those different things does. However, it really has nothing to do with that as far as understanding because I understand that on computers and I still was confused as far as the blockchain. However, with this, you stake the different coins. So you might deposit a few, let's say five tokens here into RAM, five tokens into CPU, and that does a whole lot. Net, you really don't have to put anything there. But I'll explain what each one of those does. CPU is the amount of transactions that you can have in a certain amount of uh, time. So like a 24-hour period, and it just renews. So just think of those games where you get the energy or the amount of plays that you can get. And over 24 hours, you get more tokens, more ability to use. So the more tokens that you have staked to your computer, CPU, I should say, allows you to just do a whole bunch of transactions on wax and you don't have to worry about it running out but even if it runs out and you don't have any more usage just wait a few hours and it replenishes over time and you get that back and when you ever you don't need it you can actually unstake it it takes uh i believe it's either 72 or 48 hours to get it back so there's no like fees you're just basically tying this up into the system allowing you to have those resources when you need it the other resource is ram which i don't even understand why they call this ram because technically it's really the storage, right? The NFTs that are stored in your account or they're stored in your wallet, I should say, requires RAM. So the amount of storage that you can put in there. So the more NFTs that you either collect or you're minting, you're going to need more RAM. You could start literally with just one wax in there at this point of recording it. 
it is under 40 cents. 40 cents, you can start collecting NFTs. You just stake that there. And if you need more, you just add more. And you'll get that access instantly. If you uh, don't need it anymore, you unstake it. And it takes, like I said, 24, 48, or 72 hours uh, for it to actually return back to your wallet. But you can then spend it send it out, do whatever you want. So there is really, there is no fees on the blockchain as far as transacting, whether you're minting it or you're buying it. The only thing is on the marketplace itself. The marketplace is like the eBay or the OpenSea where you're actually doing the transactions. And that marketplace might have a fee and the also the creator might have a royalty depending what it is and it's capped off actually right now at this point for the creator royalties it is five percent and in total with everything whether the creator royalties is maxed out excuse me i said five percent six percent it is initially i think ten percent but they lowered it but with the marketplace fees the creator royalties everything it's not going to go over ten percent of the sale and again that doesn't really uh, a fee that you're paying up front. It just comes out of the sale if you do end up selling it. And net, it's the last resource. To be honest, I don't even fully understand net, but the way I understand it is basically if the network is just extremely busy, the more net you have, it bumps you up to be able to process your transaction. But again, I barely have anything staked in net at all. And I've never had any issues as far as transacting or anything. But either way, if for some reason it does start to slow down and I do see that I need more net, I'll throw one wax in there, two wax, whatever it might be, which is basically nothing at this point, have access to that. And if I find that I just don't need it, I'll just unstake it and I'll have it again to be able to be used. So with all of that, that's the staking. And that was just a crash course of how the staking mechanisms works, the three different resources that are on there. And it might sound complicated, but these are great things because they're refundable. As soon as you don't need them anymore, you unstake and you get your money back. There is no fees that are burned or anything like that. It is your money, your tokens, and basically you are just loaning them out while you use the resources and then you get them back when you're complete. And this whole thing, as opposed to the proof of work, makes everything so fast and scalable. The other day, the WAX team actually airdropped out 10 million NFTs, which as far as I know, this is the biggest airdrop ever done on any blockchain by any anyone, really. And these went out literally in one click, boom, everything goes out. That is absolutely amazing. Before that, I think the next closest thing was about a year ago, Yoshi drops when they dropped their 1 million Yoshi coins. That was a massive drop at the time. However, 10 million, that's one of those Jerry Rice records or Wayne Gretzky type of records that's just like standing out there. Tom Brady's Super Bowls, like what? That is a ridiculous record. That is just so far ahead of everything. So just doing all of that stuff, the things that they are doing, it is just absolutely amazing. You can literally send an NFT refresher page and it's already there. Just as quick as sending an email or anything else, it is on the other side. So it makes this whole system very scalable, which is why I never even really had to stake anything onto the net because everything just works so great. And I've never had a point or a transaction fail because it was the network was too busy. Certain times there's like a little glitch or whatever it might be that it's just not loading or anything like that. And if you ever had that happen to you on Ethereum, you'll realize that you're still charged gas because it is trying to make that transaction is interacting with the blockchain. Many times I've been charged for failed transactions. But with this, it's just like with anything connecting to any website, you just refresh the browser or try it again and it actually works. So very forgiving. 
which also opens up the opportunity for just a diverse base of consumers and collectors. You don't have to have a huge bankroll to be on wax. Literally, I came into wax with, I think, something like $50 when I first started. I don't even think it was that much, to be honest. But I started collecting, started doing all the stuff, learning the process with, let's say, $30, my first set, my first deposit in there. And who knows, anyone, whatever you can get in there, you can even get NFTs for free because all of these mechanisms being quick, no gas fees, anything like that just makes it so easy to uh, interact with. So it allows for a wide base of collectors that are might be kids in high school or whatever it is. They don't have a six-figure income. They're not working on Wall Street and just dabbling in NFTs for fun. Or they are massive power players that are crypto whales or whatever it might be and just want somewhere to spend their crypto. No, literally, you can have cents, <laughs> dollars, millions. It doesn't matter. You can dabble with wax and you can do all sorts of things. And as far as the diversity... The type of NFTs that are on the blockchain are way more diverse than any other blockchain that I've seen because you can have full games. I'm talking about games such as Farmville, if you remember that back in the day. They have Farmer's World where you're literally transacting on the blockchain. You own the land, you own the crops, and when you're selling it, those tokens that you're getting within the game, those can be actually converted out into WaxP or into eventually sending it out to the exchange, into US dollars or whatever it might be, whatever local currency you have. But all of those transactions that are actually taking place, they're taking place on the blockchain. So each time when you're doing that, you're buying your land, you're growing your crops, you're reaping, you're harvesting, you're selling and all those things. Those are all interactions on the blockchain. Now, if that was on Ethereum, literally to sell that little amount of crops in the game, whatever it is, each of those transactions would cost you hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And by the time you're done, you'd be paying so much in fees that it just wouldn't even be fun anymore. You can do all of this on Wax. All of those transactions is how and why they dominate as far as the number of transactions that are interacting and the swapping and everything, because you can sell and you can barter, you can trade, you can do all of these different things on chain, don't need a, a second layer or anything like that. You're doing all of this and the games that they're building on the blockchain are absolutely amazing. Full-fledged world and games. There is uh, just so many developers and coders and dApps that are built on Wax. And when I say dApp, a decentralized application that uses the infrastructure that Wax offers. And really anyone with talent as far as whether you're an artist, you're a coder, you are a, um, a creator as far as music, videos, anything. You can do something and interact with Wax, use that marketplace and everything that they offer. So that's why there's just so much variety of different things. There's so much action going on there that is just uh, an amazing network itself. So the collectors are diverse, the creators are diverse, the NFTs are diverse. It is just really cool which also opens up the door for a lot of collaboration because let's say there is a music NFT and there is an art NFT, but then there is a coder. Well, all three of those can put together some sort of musical game where everything is visual, musical, and the coder is doing all of this stuff, mixing and matching. There's trading, and it's just a fun space to be in, which is also a very positive side of it. Not saying that Ethereum or any other blockchain isn't fun because I'm having fun on every single blockchain. Don't get that. Get, don't get me wrong as saying that this is where the the fun is. But I like to say that money is on Ethereum. 
but the block party is on wax because so much is going on. Everyone can have a plate, have a good time, interact with each other. And we're building, we're playing, we're trading and all sorts of different things. And to do all of that, it doesn't matter at what level you are, you can interact and it's not like you need a huge bankroll to be able to do this. And it's just a very fun space. And even the collecting, right? The collecting, there is a lot of gamifications, a lot of sets, whether there are cards or anything of that nature, you get rewards and airdrops for collecting certain ones, holding different ones, and dropping out so many different things. As I said, being able to push out so much on the scalable, fast, free network, it just makes it so easy to gamify these, put all sorts of in incentives and utilities attached to each of these NFTs that is just really very cool. And generally speaking, the community is just not that serious. When I say not that serious, we don't really take ourselves very seriously over there. There's a lot of arguments on other blockchains saying this is superior for whatever reason or another. But on Wax, there's a lot of goofy collections. And trust me, there are goofy collections on Ethereum. There are goofy collections everywhere. But there are just so many oddballs on Wax that are just having fun, whether it is interacting with their audience, such as a creator that might be having some sort of an immersive uh, YouTube stream or Twitch stream, uh, whatever it might be, and using these NFTs to interact in some ways, putting some gamification. And it's almost like you can have, uh, if POAPs, there is, this is like POAPs on steroids. You can have interactions with an audience that has so much utility that can be tied into all the different coding and the games and everything and just ties together to just make this ridiculous soup or salad or just a mixture of all sorts of utility that can be all all done on chain and is not costing anyone anything. A kid in high school with no job that is just tech savvy that can figure out all this stuff can figure this out on literally no budget. It's pretty awesome. Now, I just spent the last 15, 20 minutes speaking about all of the good things. So now I'm actually going to speak about the cons because with good, there's also bads. And the first thing that you will notice with Wax and the biggest problem, which is getting solved right now, but it's still a problem, is the availability of the token. The Wax P token is not available on every exchange or a lot of exchanges, way more now than when I got on Wax. When I got on Wax, there was literally just a handful of exchanges Exchanges and you had to do all sorts of swapping and just some goofy stuff to actually get it through. And I don't even want to tell you all the steps and transfers and transactions that I actually had to do to get my 30 or 40 whatever dollars in uh, for that first transaction. However, it has gotten so much easier since then. And the WaxP token in the US is very hard to get still. There are not a lot of places that you can get it from. However, I know for sure you can get it from KuCoin and there is a list of places that you can get it from. But that is really one of the bottlenecks as far as why this uh, chain, this thing hasn't really exploded. And some of the cons as to why a lot of people might not use it is just because Ethereum and other ones are just so much easier to get. You can get those tokens literally anywhere. And also, in the spirit of all this, speaking of getting it anywhere and just the blockchain in general, right? It is not fully decentralized. So in Web3, we want everything to be decentralized, no system, no company, no, just everything spread out. However, there is a CEO of Wax. So Wax, it is decentralizing, if that is a word. It is not as central as it was at launch. And over time, it is becoming decentralized. However, there is a CEO and they're rolling this thing out and you can see the white paper and everything on how they built it to scale, to do all of this stuff. But just knowing that there is a CEO of Wax. 
There's no CEO of Ethereum or Bitcoin or really any of the big, the centralized Web3 chains. So that sort of is a negative for some people. But at the same time, I think that is, I know that is one of the reasons why they were, they're easy to uh, scale up. They're quick, they're nimble and do all of this stuff and roll it out in a way. It's because they have a central leadership that is divesting over time. However, they are definitely people that are in position to make some decisions as to what should be best. There is voting in all sorts of different things. So you can actually vote on gills and put your input in and all sorts of different things. However, just keep in mind, there is a CEO of Wax. The next uh, thing that is a negative, what it is, there's just less hype, right? The media coverage and all the hoopla and everything is really on Ethereum for the most part, because even Solano and some of the other chains that do have NFTs, Binance Smart Chain, and now this whole Coinbase thing, there are other places to get NFTs. But generally speaking, all the media coverage is on Ethereum. And that's because of the volume of sales and the high dollars, I should say, not even the volume of sales. It's the $67 million and the $10 million apes and things like that, which is making the headlines. Generally speaking, you're not going to have a $30 million wax NFT at this point. I don't even know what the record is. I should Google that, really search that out to try to figure out. But I have never really heard of a multi-million dollar wax sale. These are definitely um, all over, which the good and the bad, as I said, you can come into wax with literally any budget. That creates a much more price sensitive consumer and collector. So that could be a con in the sense that, that these consumers are not likely to drop a million dollars even if they had it. You know what I mean? Because generally speaking, because there is just so much diversity, there's not a lot of whales as far as compared to the percentage of whales that are buying these Ethereum-based NFTs. There is literally so many people on Wax, so many different things that it is a much more price-sensitive collector base. So you might see a, a high token or a high-priced drop as a thousand dollars. That is just ridiculous. A thousand dollars on wax. But then there are things that you hear a thousand dollars on ETH and there's guys that will literally just, just drop that in without even thinking. They'll pay a thousand dollars in gas during peak times to mint out something. It doesn't matter because depending what it is, that value and everything, it is just a different ball game. So when you're, if you're thinking that you want to make a hundred million dollar collection and you want to scale this up within six months, in that case, it might not be the choice to go on wax. Or if you're thinking, I want to be able to flip my uh, 50 cent purchase and buy a house with it by spring, I, I don't think that is the right choice for the intentions for doing this. But again, there's just so much going on there. So if you're talking about play to earn games or you're talking about just various collections that are going to have some historical value, the first appearance of some superheroes on the blockchain or Funkos or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, all those different things. In the long run, yes, those are going to have value. But if you're someone who's literally trying to flip into millions in, in no time, stick to Ethereum. So hopefully I gave you a balanced approach. I threw a lot out at there because I speak about wax a lot. I really love wax. I am bullish on wax and it's just a fun space to be in. And really, I, I tell people, anyone that wants to get into NFTs, really, 
is to try out Wax, right? If you don't enjoy what's going on over there and you can dabble, you can make your mistakes over there and then you can learn before you get onto Ethereum because Ethereum, the wrong transactions, canceling auctions or you're canceling an offer, all these different things, swapping between wrapped ETH to make an offer and regular ETH, it, it, it is a steep learning curve. But on Wax, okay, there is some weird things like the different staking mechanisms and what have you. But generally speaking, if the worst case scenario, you make a mistake, your tokens are tied up for a few days. It's not like the end of the world. You have like your whole bankroll, like your house money is all gone. You're wondering how you're going to eat next month, right? No, that's not going to happen on wax. Make those mistakes on wax is what I like to say, because I definitely did. I'm still making mistakes on wax. But I can tell you the mistakes I make on Wax do not burn anywhere as much as the mistakes I make over on ETH, for sure, or on Ethereum, definitely. So I know I covered a lot. I just blazed through everything, but I can go on and on and speak about Wax for however. I think you get the general idea as to why I like it so much, and I always talk about it, although my PFP at this moment is an Ethereum-based NFT, but really up until I switched it to this one, it was always my Wax NFT. I had much more expensive NFTs, but because this is where I started, and I really absolutely love that PFP, and I don't care, I paid $50 for it, and the art on it is just absolutely amazing, that's why it was my PFP. I still use that on Discord, and I use that in other places because I really like that, and that is one of those NFTs that I have no intentions of selling. If there was a way to lock this down in a vault, that was basically what I would do. On Ethereum, you would say, I'm going to put that in my hardware wallet, and I'm going to lock this down. This is in the vault. It is my forever NFT. That's how I feel with that little $50 guy. I really like him. Again, just understanding the different nuances and everything. I hope at least even if you're already on Ethereum, Solano, Cardano, any of the other blockchains, that you just take a look over on Wax, just dabble on it. And it is so easy to get started. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. And if you don't even have a Wax wallet, I still have something that should make this a little fun for you. I am actually just giving away NFTs. All the NFTs that I have been giving away on the podcast, or in the newsletter, it is on wax. Because again, all of the reasons that I listed earlier just makes it so much fun and easy to do. If you definitely want one, the easiest way to get one is to subscribe to the newsletter at niftybusinessweek.com. All you have to do is respond to that first email with your wax wallet. And right there, I will just airdrop you one for free. Hopefully, that is your first waxed NFT. And if not, cool, you're already in the space. Just you could, that offer is still open to you. But all the time on Twitter, I'm doing different interactions and such. And those are all wax NFTs that I'm giving away. So as usual, thank you for spending this time with me, listening to me, being in this space with me, and hopefully we're growing and we're building Web3 together. And until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.